UC Berkeley comparative psychologist Laura Simone Lewis has worked with great apes for more than a decade. And she's noticed something about their behavior. A lot of us who work with great apes aren't able to be with these, the populations that we work with all the time, Um, right? Especially for those of us who are living in the U.S. and working at U.S. institutions. We have to travel often, we have to travel to go um, to the apes, to the ape populations that we work with. Um, So that means that we're spending periods with them and then periods apart. And for a long time, I think a lot of people who studied great apes realized that um, when you leave and come back, they don't treat you like this new person. They seem to recognize us. They seem to show behaviors that indicate they remember us. This got Lewis, a UC President's postdoctoral fellow in Berkeley psychology department, wondering just how long is the social memory of great apes? Does it last for years, even decades? We as humans have really long-term social memory. So we as humans and remember others, the faces of others, even if we haven't seen pictures of these people um, for at least 30 years, if not more like 40, 50 years. I think for a lot of us who study apes, the question is not, you know, are humans special in that way? But non-human apes also have those abilities too. And what Lewis and a team of researchers discovered wasn't how different we are from other apes, but how similar we are. This is Berkeley Voices. I'm Anne Bryce. Lewis and her team decided to study bonobos and chimpanzees, the two species of great apes that are the closest extant relatives to humans. To begin the project, they identified bonobos and chimps in captivity that had been separated from family members or separated from what we humans would call friends. The populations they worked with were from zoos in Europe and a sanctuary in Japan. Separations happened for different reasons. Sometimes their groupmates had been relocated to other zoos to prevent inbreeding. Other times, a sibling or elder may have died while they were living together. To conduct the study, Lewis and her team set up a computer system with sensitive cameras and non-invasive eye-tracking tools. They had photos on screens to show the apes of friends and family that they hadn't seen for up to 10 years. As someone who works with captive apes, it's really important to think about the ethics, be very transparent, right? So number one, this study was completely voluntary. The apes decide to come up to the research window. They they get a little bit of diluted juice. Um, It's completely voluntary. They choose when to come up and they choose when to leave. And it's also completely non-invasive. So we call it non-invasive eye tracking. It's not harmful at all to them. No effects, no harmful effects to them at all. But you can imagine when we're about to show them pictures of groupmates that had died, right? We were really um, thoughtful about the effects on, on the animals that were, you know, that we're working with. We did not want to distress them in any way, right? And so we were really cautious around that. And when we started doing this study, we had two keepers sitting in watching for any signs of distress from from the chimps and bonobos. And we didn't see any. What they did see was that some of the apes showed signs of curiosity. When shown a photo of a former friend or family member next to a photo of a stranger, participants' eyes stayed significantly longer on the images of those with whom they'd previously lived. 
This suggested some degree of recognition. Typically, they'd be drinking the juice and just kind of drinking it and watching. Some of them would stop drinking the juice, pause, pull away, and just kind of stare um, at these images. Chimps and bonobos, Lewis says, are obsessed with juice and eat lots of fruit in the wild. So for them to stop drinking, you know, to be so intrigued by what they're seeing on the screen that they stop drinking juice, kind of, it seems like they forget about it almost, right? And are just so pulled in, drawn into these images they're seeing on the screen. Again, not showing signs of distress, but showing signs of curiosity. In an extended sample group, a bonobo named Louise hadn't seen her sister Loretta or her nephew Aaron for more than 26 years. But when researchers showed Louise their images, her eyes homed in on the photos. I think this, this, the story of this study is really beautiful, right? That we're showing that these animals have rich recognition of each other. You know, we don't know exactly what that representation looks like, but we know that it lasts for years, right? We know these individuals, for them, their social relationships are incredibly meaningful in their lives, just as our social relationships as humans are incredibly meaningful for our well-being and survival, right? Um, and I and I love what this study is showing us is not how different we are from apes, but how similar we are to non-human apes. Up until this point, the longest documented social memory in a non-human animal that went beyond just a few years had been found only in dolphins. Studies have found that dolphins can recognize vocalizations for up to 20 years. And what Lewis and her team's research shows is that chimps and bonobos may be able to remember that long, or longer. The next step, Lewis says, is to figure out what that memory looks like. Is it kind of just a low-level recognition? Is it kind of this rich memory of the relationships that they had with these individuals, the times they spent together, hardships they may have faced together, things like that? We know they recognize these individuals they haven't seen for years, but um, what the content of that memory looks like, we don't know yet. Um, I think we'll get get closer, um, again, future studies to follow that. You can read more about these findings in the journal Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences, where the study was published in December 2023. This study was first written about by my colleague, Jason Pohl. You can read his story on Berkeley News at news.berkeley.edu. I'm Ann Bryce, and this is Berkeley Voices, a Berkeley News podcast from the Office of Communications and Public Affairs at UC Berkeley. You can find all of our podcast episodes with transcripts and photos on Berkeley News at news.berkeley.edu slash podcasts.